0: Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is is risen risen indeed. indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. He is a rancher. He has herds upon herds of four legged hoofed creatures. All of them stolen, taken away from him. No more. He has ten children, ten bright, beautiful, active children. I'm sure thoughts filled his head. What will they be when they grow up? Will they follow in my footsteps? Will they be a rancher? Will they work in the city? What will they do? Who will they marry? How many grandkids will I have? I'm sure these thoughts permeated his mind in one fell swoop. All ten children, dead, gone. His health has been, had been good most of his life. He'd taken care of himself, he'd eaten right and worked hard. But then all of a sudden, disease came. His whole body, now once healthy, covered in sores, infected, oozing, pussing sores possibly leprosy, all over his body. His neighbors saw all that happened to him, saw how he lost all of his cattle, all of his wealth, saw all ten of his children dead in one fell swoop. They looked at him and they saw him covered in sores, and they said, Ha ha ha, you must have done something wrong, my friend. You really screwed up. We don't know exactly what you did, but we want nothing to do with what's befalling you. So get out of here. They kicked him out of his house, kicked him out of the city, locked the door behind him, left him destitute. This man, once a wealthy community leader, now sits on an ash heap, scraping his sores, and all he has left to his name is, is a little broken bit of pottery. His wife even comes to him and says, curse God and die, just be done with it. You've brought this on us. You killed our children. You lost all of our fortune, our wealth, our good name. So curse God and die. Just give up and be done with it. Perhaps you haven't had all of this happen to you. But perhaps you feel that way with everything going on. Perhaps you've lost money and job. Perhaps you've lost possessions. Perhaps you're infected with with the virus and the worry and the fear. Perhaps you even have family around you, a wife or a husband that just says, curse God and die. It's hopeless. Be done with it. This man has three friends left out of all of this. He sits down for the required seven days of mourning, and these three friends are named Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zephar. They come and sit with him to give him advice. The first one, Eliphaz, says this, do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. After all, he says, adversity and challenges is simply a result of sin, Good life is rewarded with righteousness. So just start doing some good things. You can climb yourself out of this hole. Just do what is right and the reward will follow. Job, the man we're speaking of, replies to Eliphaz, Show me my wrong. Show me what I have done. Sits back down in the ash sheep and says, I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. The next friend, Bildad, tries to show Job his sins and implores him, Job, just simply ask for forgiveness for what you have done. And Job at that point wishes for death. Would that I had died before any. Had seen my face. In other words, I wish I'd never been born. The third and final friend, so far, comes and says, Job, you deserve God's punishment. Simple and sweet, you deserve all that's come your way. At that point, Job gets fed up. Gets fed up with his three supposed friends, the the only ones that are coming to counsel him during these difficulties that God has allowed to befall him. And he says, no doubt you, you are the people and wisdom will die with you. So where is wisdom? In the midst of doubts and worries of fear. In the midst of death. In the midst of loss of possessions and income and money and disease and sickness and and sores, where is wisdom? And then God appears to Job. God who, according to his good will, and who can know the mind of God, has allowed all this to befall Job. But God comes to Job. He comes to him in the midst of a whirlwind. Which shouldn't surprise us if you paid attention, especially to the readings we had last night there during our vigil service. And we hear and see of God leading his people out of Egypt through the Red Sea. There to Mount Sinai in the midst of a a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. God appears to Job. He comes to him. Which is exactly what a loving, merciful father does. He comes to his children. You might be sitting on an ash heap now, or you might be on one in the future, but know this, the Lord will seek you out. He will come to you, you who feel rejected by friends and family and society alike. He will not leave you alone. He comes to Job and he says, Who is it that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? God, the maker and creator of all things, directs Job back to the word, the one true word, where true knowledge comes from The word, of course, is that which God himself speaks. It's the same word that created all things into existence. The same word that was promised, the the seed of the woman that would one day come and, and crush the head of the serpent. The one who would bring life and immortality to light. You see, in the midst of all of these challenges and even his own questions, Job still has faith. And God directs him back to that faith. He directs him back to his holy and certain word, which is where you and I so often need to be directed. In the midst of the uncertainties of this life, we need to be directed back to the certainty of his word. And when confronted with God's word, Job simply says this, I repent. I repent in dust and ashes. Job humbles himself before the Almighty God. He places himself into the very hands of of the God who knew him before he was born, the God who has promised to preserve him, and he yet believes that God will do just that. Which is why we have the Old Testament text appointed for this The Resurrection of Our Lord, Easter Sunday. May I read it again? It's a beautiful text. And Audrey, Elise, and Claire, you sang it so beautifully. Thank you for that. Oh, that my words were written, that they were inscribed in a book, that with an iron pen and lead they were engraved in the rock forever. For I know, Job confesses, that my Redeemer lives You see, he first focuses on himself, Job does, which is what sinners do, but then faith, the word of God, directs him to look elsewhere, to look outside of himself and his situation, and see, and believe, and hold fast the certainty of a Redeemer. I know, knowledge, has been given to Job. I know you and I confess in our faith that my Redeemer lives and at the last He shall stand upon the earth and even after my skin, my pus-filled, leprosy-filled skin, my body of sin, even after it's been destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God whom I shall see for myself. My eye shall behold. Oh, how my heart faints within me. God restores Job twofold, grants him ten more children, seven sons, we're told, and three daughters. Seven and three, both wonderful numbers in the Bible. Ten, what a great number of completion. We're told that Job dies 140 years old, an old man and full of days. Why do we have this text before us today? Because that word, that certainty of our faith is founded exactly on He who has come. He who has taken and borne all the effects and punishment of sin, your Savior Jesus Christ. He is who is despised. He who, as we heard from Psalm 22 a worm, a dog. He becomes all of these things for you. Jesus absorbs all this into himself, not just in his own baptism, but then takes it to the cross where all the wrath, all the punishment of God is poured out at one time. So if you think for a minute that you're being punished by God for what's going on right now, well, then you find yourself in good company with Job's friends. And God, if you read the book of Job, did not like the advice that his friends gave to him. Do not try and answer the question, why has this happened to me or where has this come from? Simply believe, have faith, and know exactly what Scripture says, that the Redeemer, your Messiah, has come for you. You see, the story of Job points forward to the story and the actual work of Jesus Christ, your Savior. There he is, left hanging on the tree, as we heard on Good Friday. Everyone deserts him. His family, his friends, his disciples, even his, his, his best man, his right-hand man, Peter. Well, you might say, curses God and dies. But that's what us sinners do. And yet he comes for you and me. He comes to our ash heaps. He comes to our sin-filled body, to our sin-filled world. And he takes all this and he bleeds and dies with it. And he covers over you and me with, with his righteousness. We live daily in our baptism, and we, we die daily in our baptism. We die to our sin. We repent as Job did, and we rise to new life. We rise with faith, beating firmly in our hearts, in our breast, in our heart, knowing that because he has conquered sin, death, and the devil for you, for me, for the whole world, we have hope. I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that there will be a resurrection that will yet come. Dear Lord, grant me strength. For the ass sheep's idea with thou. Grant me strength, Lord. Grant me just a little bit, even of that faith of Job. I'm not going to be perfect at it, but you, O Lord, will sustain me. The women who came to the tomb truly had faith, but they had questions too. Who who will roll the stone away for us? It's too big. And thus, we doubt as well. We question. How will will things be better? How will things ever be back to normal? How will fill in the blank? You've got your questions. But then he comes. God comes. In her gospel text, a young man sitting on the right side. Most likely, Jesus himself. Sitting at the, the right hand. There, you might say, of the throne of God. He's dressed in white because he is pure and he is righteous. And he's come for you who have huge stones blocking your path. And he says, do not be alarmed. Have no fear. Have no fear. For he is risen. Christ is risen. The women, even after hearing this, were still filled with trembling and astonishment. They still had fear, and and you will too. But you have one who has come for you, and you have one who has worked mightily in the past for people of faith like Job. How much more will your Lord not yet work for you? Now that Christ, the Paschal Lamb, has been sacrificed. Now that Christ... The Paschal Lamb has been raised from the dead and lives and reigns for you as your Savior. May you be filled with hope and joy, and may you cling to that faith and to that word of God that still yet comes to you, still comes for you. God grant us such simple faith in these days, and yet such great peace and such great joy. Christ is risen. Risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.